0: Support comes from the Rosa Parks Museum on Troy University's Montgomery campus, located on the spot of Mrs. Parks' historic 1955 arrest and featuring exhibits that chronicle the history of the Montgomery bus boycott. More information at troy.edu slash rosaparks. From Troy Public
1: Radio, this is the storyline from In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Acclaimed writer Fry Gilliard joins us by Skype from Mobile to talk about a man he's known for years, former President Jimmy Carter of Plains, Georgia. Fry Gilliard has written about President Carter in his books, Profit from Plains, Jimmy Carter and His Legacy, and With Music and Justice for All, Some Southerners and Their Passions. The Auburn Osher Lifelong Learning Institute will host Fry Gilliard as their visiting writer-in-residence in September. Mm-hmm. Fry Gilliard, thank you so much for joining us for the storyline here at InFocus on Troy Public Radio.
0: Well, I'm glad to be with you. I always enjoy our conversations, and we've had quite a few of them over the years.
1: One of my favorite books of yours is With Music and Justice for All, Some Southerners and Their Passions. You have a story about Jimmy Carter, what some people have called one of our greatest ex-presidents. Give us your take on him because you met him.
0: I did. I've interviewed Carter five or six times, I think. Uh, I did a short biography of him for the University of Georgia Press called Profit from Plains, Jimmy Carter and His Legacy. And I think a retrospective on his presidency that I did for the Charlotte Observer in 1985 was the first serious look back at Carter that appeared in any American newspaper, at least as far as I'm aware. I've always found him to be a fascinating figure. I see him as such a Southerner, as a person who came of age politically during the civil rights years, who tried to apply some of those lessons about civil rights to his policies in support of human rights as president. Of the United States. You know, I think he identified with a kind of Christianity, which is very important to him, that was also present in the civil rights movement. I just think Carter feels a little bit like a neighbor to me from the state next door. It was really interesting to me to have a chance to sit down with Carter and talk to him about all the things that he had been involved with in his life. And the thing that just hits you over the head in one of those kind of conversations is that this guy's really smart. He is very articulate and knows exactly what he thinks about so many things and is fearless, stating his opinions about sometimes difficult issues. So all of that, I hope, comes through in the uh, article that you are mentioning from With Music and Justice for All.
1: The chapter is titled The Lions, Den and Jimmy Carter. It struck me that you thought the biggest personality characteristic this man had was his stubbornness aside from his intelligence. Right. And he wrote this inflammatory book, Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid. Tell me about that.
0: Right. Well, you know, he has a deep concern for peace in the Middle East. The Camp David Accords that he helped broker between Israel and Egypt. And Egypt in those days was the most serious military threat against the security of Israel. So, Carter sat down in 1978 with Menachem Begin the prime minister of Israel and Egyptian president Anwar Sadat and really kind of stubbornly I think to use the word that you picked up on just would not let them leave those negotiations until they came to some kind of agreement while Sadat and Begin both got the Nobel Peace Prize for coming to that Peace accord, it could easily have gone to Jimmy Carter. And of course, he did win the Peace Prize some years later. But, you know, when he sets his mind to something, he just won't let it go. And he felt like the two state solution between Israel and a Palestinian state was the best or almost the only way to find peace in that region. And he worried at the time he wrote Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid, that the continuing settlement of the West Bank, which would have been the Palestinian state, by Israelis were shrinking literally the possibility of peace because the geography, where you could even put such a state. And he thought the alternative to that kind of peace would be Israel having to exert sovereignty over the Palestinian people without them having equal rights, which he feared would just cut the heart out of what Israel was all about, that it would be damaging morally, ethically, politically divisive within Israel would be harmful to the Palestinian people also. That was his very stubbornly held view. And even at the risk of offending people, that's what he wrote about. I think history has probably worn him out as the settlements have continued, and it's difficult to see today where there could be a two-state solution. And of course, Israelis themselves are debating the future of their own democracy. So some of what Carter was afraid of may be coming to pass, I think.
1: Fry, can you share a paragraph from that chapter because it illustrates what he did in his post-presidency?
0: Yeah. You know, he, in addition to talking about peace and addressing these kinds of issues, he also waged battles against poverty and disease all over the world. And uh, Nicholas Kristof in the New York Times wrote about seeing Carter go to this little village in Ethiopia where people were suffering from river blindness, and Carter was there to try to help with a cure. So this is what I wrote. That had always been the primary mission of the Carter Center, attacking diseases in the poorest places in the world. And for Carter himself, the relief of that suffering had become part of his definition of human rights, the right to be free not only from political oppression, but from the crippling tyranny of sickness. In his column for the New York Times, Kristoff praised the results that the Carter Center had achieved, the mere eradication, for example, of the guinea worm plague that had inflicted hundreds of villages in Africa. At the end of the day, Kristoff concluded this one-term president, who left office a pariah in his own party, will transform the lives of more people in more places over a longer period of time than any other recent president.
1: Let's remind your listeners, Fry, that Prophet from Plains talks about Jimmy Carter and his legacy. That's the title.
0: You know, it expands on these themes. It's not a, a full length presidential biography, it's more like a shorter, hopefully very accessible, extended profile of a man for whom I had great respect. As we do this interview, he is in hospice. We don't know what condition he will be when it airs, but his legacy in this world is huge and decent and I think worthy of profound respect.
1: Coming up at Ollie at Auburn, the lifelong learning institute at Auburn University, you will be the visiting writer in residence. And September 7th is a kickoff day. Congratulations on that, Fry. And I want to thank you for joining us for this look back at the presidency of Jimmy Carter.
0: Thanks, Carolyn.
1: Joining us by Skype from Mobile was author Fry Gilliard, visiting writer-in-residence for Ollie at Auburn in September. Thanks for joining us today for the Storyline book series from In Focus, which is a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.